Welcome to Inside Your Schools, a local podcast from, for, and within the San Luis Coastal Unified School District. Join us for a deep dive into things like innovation, artificial intelligence, empowering student voice, career technical education, school facilities, youth athletics, summer programs, and so much more. So tune in each month and learn more about how San Luis Coastal Unified School District is impacting students, staff, families, and community right here on Inside Your Schools. I'm your host, Terry Caney, and today is our premier Inside Your Schools podcast. And who better to have as our first guest than San Luis Coastal Superintendent, Dr. Eric Prater. Dr. Prater, thank you for being the first guest on San Luis Coastal's first ever podcast episode. How exciting, Terry. Thanks for having me. I know. This is super fun. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So why don't we start by just having you just give us a little bit of background, just in case there are a few people, there might be one or two out there in the community who may not know you by face or by name. Tell us a little bit about who you are and how you ended up at San Luis Coastal now in your 14th year as superintendent. Well, I'll tell you, I've been I've been teaching since I was 23 years old, and I started in um, a little town called Discovery Bay, uh, out in East Contra Costa County, California, Bay Area, and um, that is a special place for me. Uh, it was my first teaching job. I was hired as a fifth grade teacher, and I knew the first day I entered my classroom that this was my calling, that this is what I was meant to do. And when I look back now as an older man, I look back on on that 23-year-old and I, I smile because I I have to say, I, I still identify as a teacher yeah. first, even though I'm a superintendent and even though I've been an administrator a long time, I, in my, in my DNA, I'm a teacher and I want to keep it that way. Um, and I have, I, I met my wife when I was teaching. She's a, she was a first grade teacher. I was a fifth grade teacher, different schools. Um, and um, we have three beautiful sons who are growing up and some are out and some are still in. And, um, and um, I, I have had an incredible journey in education. And I think largely because I'm always learning. I'm always growing. My mind is open to really, really cool things for kids that I know that will benefit them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and nothing has changed in that regard. I still am that person who uh, gets excited about great school acti- activities, great lessons, great learning opportunities. Um, my, I still get the chills when I go to a, a play performance or a mock trial performance mm-hmm. or an athletic event. I, I'm all in. And, um, but yeah, I've, I've had a great journey and um, I still feel young and I still am um, in, in, enthralled with my work. So That's terrific. yeah, very exciting. 
That's terrific. Well, I, our ties go back to when you were in Discovery Bay, and I can tell you that, you know, a, a small community on the California Delta. Um, and when you became superintendent after middle school principal, and then you got the call to sort of move up to the bigs, right? And San Luis Coastal uh, recruited you, and and their gain was our loss for sure. But uh, I know you have found a home, and we're very excited for you and your family. So, and thank you for being part of this first podcast. So, um, speaking of which, first I want to just kind of give a shout out because. There are some people working the, the 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 knobs and the and the dials behind the scenes. So thank you to the San Luis Obispo County Office of Education and Dr. Brescia, County Superintendent, and then some of the people who are behind the scenes, including Hugo Bastidos, Michael Garrett, and Jenny Curdo for their work behind the scenes. So thanks you you guys for all that you're doing to make this come to fruition. So Dr. Prater, let's talk a little bit about first. The the why, right? Because you and I have had this conversation before. Communication, community engagement, two very important things to you. I know part of the mission and vision of the school district. How does this strategy, a podcast, which is kind of cutting edge, I see as cutting edge, how does this fit within sort of that broader mission of communicating and drawing in your broader community? Well, first and foremost, we believe, our school board believes that parents are key partners in the education of our students. And in order to fulfill that, we have to make sure that that in order for them to be key partners, they need to have information. They need to know what we're trying to do. And in the perfect world, they also have lots of input into the things that we do. So we have tried various ways to communicate with our parent community about the things that we're doing, to celebrate the things that that benefit students. To that end, we've relied on the traditional methods like uh, newsletters, and we we push out two newsletters to our community a month, two uh, newsletters to our staff members each month, as well as a weekly communication to our school board. That alone, we found, is not enough. Mm -hmm. So the board in in this past summer added a fifth priority to their strategic uh, goals for me. And that fifth priority is communication and engagement. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so over the summer, my team, um, we wrestled with ways that we could creatively reach out and find uh, more parents, more members of our community that perhaps would find the podcast concept, a podcast series, a more suitable um communication tool than reading a newsletter or or going to an event at a school. And while all of those things are important, podcasts take into consideration the lives of busy parents, oftentimes who are commuting to work or might have a break in the action on a weekend and um, could tur- you know turn on the podcast and go, oh, I did I'm curious about that particular program or I didn't know about that over there and maybe, by hitting that podcast button, it'll help deepen an understanding of what we're doing, as well as hopefully grow in appreciation for the incredible amount of work our staff, our teachers, our support staff have done um, to make school in our community, uh, make schools in our community um, the places they are today. 
Terrific. Well, here's another little nugget that I found. This is something that the district has just um, published and put out to the community. It is an annual report, if you can see this, annual report to the community. Uh, You can go to the district website, slcusd.org, click on annual report, and it's an actually, it's it's an interactive digital um, annual report, eight full pages, demographics, information about the board, programs that really kind of ignite kids. And um, it, it, I just think it's really well done. So kudos to you and to the district for putting together such a such a terrific piece. So um, give us a little bit of, so let's talk a little bit about the district, uh, about 7,500 students, right? 16 schools, including uh, an award-winning adult education program that you have. Tell us a little bit about your schools and and some of your priorities going forward in your 14th year as superintendent. Yeah, first and foremost, uh, I, I would like to take a page out of um, the Maslowian model. And what I mean by that is if students come to our schools and they don't feel welcomed, they don't feel like they have a, uh, a seat at the table, then they're not going to be able to learn. They're just simply not going to going to engage their whole entire selves into the learning experience that the, that the schools offer. Mm-hmm. So by really doubling down on the idea of creating safe, inclusive, and um, intentional um, safe places um, for kids in our schools, by doing that, we can get to the real work in front of us, which is developing skills in our students. Because we believe that when students learn and achieve, they develop a greater sense of personal agency in themselves. And from that, they can really explore their passions and run with it. And um, I've seen it all too often where students with tremendous potential are shut down, shut down because of barriers that they're presented that that are placed in front of them at schools inadvertently. And what I mean by that is, you know, oftentimes we have a traditional, traditional mindset about, you know, um, how kids come to us. And um, but what we're learning now is that that's not necessarily the case, that mm-hmm. kids come to us from all walks of life, all different sorts of backgrounds and challenges. Some are visible, some are not visible. And we as educators have to adapt and pivot, and we have to develop skill sets ourselves to make sure that our kids um, have a meaningful relationship with an adult or multiple adults at the school that they then can then um, be who they are. And once they get a sense and get the, the personal safety of knowing they can be who they are, then from there, we know that they thrive if we're paying attention on that. So for me, a top priority for me is making sure our kids feel welcomed, that they have a seat at the table, that their voice matters, uh, and that we honor them for who they are. And now from there, the next piece is achievement. And you know we are fortunate to have amazing students and amazing families, and the potential is off the charts in our district. And and um, and so we have spent a whole lot of time creating um, opportunities for kids that can allow them to explore 
them, uh, their different types of learning styles, their different interests. So at the elementary level, we partnered with our education foundation and created an iInnovate program where all students at the elementary level have access to an innovation lab that um, was created for the purpose of hands-on learning, solving complex problems, challenging problems, and uh, working within groups, working um, in partners to solve complexity. And um, and it's an amazing experience for these youngsters that that they're able to have this opportunity. Simultaneously, we're building out our ele- our middle school elective wheels to include science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics, or STEAM. And uh, kids at our middle schools have that um, that that opportunity to launch themselves into areas of interest. And then when they go on to high school, we have really built out our um, career technical education arm so that we've created these pathways that students then can say, you know, I'm interested in um, in engineering. And so I'm going to take classes that develop my skill sets in mm-hmm. these particular areas, along with the academic pursuits. And so by the time students graduate from our high schools, Morro Bay High, San Luis Obispo High, or Pacific Beach High, they are college and career ready. And um, and what a great way to frame out mm-hmm. the, the, the vision that our district has taken upon itself, which is, you know, prepare kids for the future and um, and for a life of purpose. And so by the time they graduate from our schools, the ultimate vision is that our students will have opportunities they wouldn't otherwise have, that they can explore their own personal passions, and um, while simultaneously opening doors for their careers and their future opportunities in the working world. Mm-hmm. So for me, those um, are, are really important elements to um, creating a thriving student body and um, giving them a voice, giving them choices, and also raising that bar of expectation, not just on the students, but on ourselves mm-hmm. to make sure that we bring out the best in our kids. That's terrific. Well, we're going to have an opportunity, I think, over the course of the next year, and, and our goal is to make this a monthly podcast, um, to dive deeper into some of the things that you just scratch the surface on, things like I Innovate, things like your food services program. We want to talk a little bit about AI and how, the impact it's having on K-12. Um, but I, I know when you when you say, when you talk about pivoting, um, and and I've been in education, public education for over 30 years like you. Um, when when March of 2020 hit, schools never had to pivot like they did at that moment. And and it took some heroic efforts to really push through what was going to be, in my opinion, the most difficult three years in publication that we've seen in public education that we've seen in my lifetime anyway. So talk a little bit about that. And I, I know it's cut probably hard because it probably, you know, brings up traumatic um, memories for you. Right. Uh, but talk a little bit about your, your staff and your district and, 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 and how they were able to do that. And, and such a, you know, a moment's notice and being able to pivot like that. Yeah. Truth be told, you're exactly right. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, but I will tell you, it was probably the hardest thing 
all of us have ever done. And what strikes me in hindsight is the way in which groups of people from different areas in our community, our school community, our parent community, our broader community really came together. We, you know, as a school district, I can speak volumes about the heroism, the 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 lesson planning, the pivoting within five days, getting kids um, uh, Chromebooks in their hands and hotspots and Wi-Fi and and a virtual learning experience and really just an amazing effort there. But I could also talk about our food service department that found a way to feed thousands and thousands of people Monday through Friday with with uh, with a level of love and care and commitment and awareness that people were afraid, that people were food insecure. Uh, there were a lot of emotions that went along with it, but giving out food and really um, championing that pr- as a priority. Mm-hmm. We had cars lined up all the way out Los Osos Valley Road for a mile for parents pulling in, grabbing entire food baskets mm-hmm. for their family and their students and uh, their children. And, um, you know, it was an amazing effort from that perspective. And then, and then of course, as we, as we transitioned back, that too was challenging because it, we, we, we were then pivoting back to an, um, an in-school environment, but yet we had all these uh, structures that we had to follow and protocols and it was masking and it just was a, a very tricky and scary time for students, families, and staff alike. Mm-hmm. And uh, shepherding that process along required a whole lot of conversation, a whole lot of, of engagement virtually. And um, and I, I just take my hat off to our community. I take my hat out to our, our employees, uh, our school board that hung together with us along the way, every step of the way. And yeah, there were some upset folks along the way, but for the most part, even those that were upset came along and worked through it. And, and, um, and I just have, I just applaud them. And I, I have great respect for the work that our community was able to do to rally around our students, our staff, and, and, um, and really prioritize their interests. And so for me, that was, um, that was a key learning, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I'm glad that it's over. I really felt that um, as the students came back, um, I feel right now that in the first few weeks of school that I think we've, we are really truly now moving forward. Mm-hmm. Whereas the last two years, it has been quite a trial because our students were dysregulated. A number of our students had to relearn um, how to how to be with other people and how right. to, how to, I'll call it executive functioning, um, <clears throat> how to be students again. Yeah, exactly. And, and, um, and we've done a lot of work in that, in that area and it's starting to pay off. Yeah. And so I'm really excited for what I'm seeing this year. Um, and I feel like we're going to really take uh, things to the next level 
in the coming months. Terrific. Well, we look forward to the coming months. Um, we're going to dive deeper, as I mentioned, into a lot of the programs that really make San Luis Coastal uh, the success that it is. Um, but honestly, Dr. Prater, that's all the time we have for this session. And it just flew by, didn't it? It, sur- it surely did. I could hang out with you all day, Terry. For sure. Well, let's do it again. Promise me. Uh, Yeah, because there are so many other things I want to delve into, the staffing shortage, uh, some of the other challenges, but certainly some of the ways that we can um, celebrate your school district and what the the district and the schools mean to the community. So thank you to you, Dr. Prater. Appreciate your time. Thank you all for, for tuning into this episode, our premier episode of Inside Your Schools, and we will see you next time.